The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Thursday, July 23rd. Oh, my God. Do you know what that means? Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. Do you know what that means? Baseball time. That's right. Baseball Baseball is back. Baseball is actually here. A uh, professional non-golf sport is going to be played, and uh, baseball will start tonight as the horrible, talentless, evil Empire Yankees face off against... America's heroes, the defending World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Uh, if you are doing a fantasy baseball draft, you better be listening to fantasy baseball today. And if you, if you, if you, if you've already done your draft and you need to, you know, figure out how to make, how to like clear up your mistakes that you made in the draft, you better get on FBT. Scott White, Chris Towers, Adam Azer, and Frank Stample are getting you ready for the 60 game sprint as well as everything you need to know for your week one matchups. Dive into FBT. Uh, I can tell you that multiple people in my draft on Tuesday night, I was getting asked about Frank Stample. They're like, what's the deal on Stample? It's like his sleepers are the best in the business. And uh, sure enough, everybody i mean, everybody was basically drafting off sleepers list from CBSSports.com late in the draft because no one knows what the hell is going on with baseball. It's a 60-game sprint. As we pointed out, anything can happen, including – and not limited to Jason Lockenfor's Orioles winning the World Series this year. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. They can make the playoffs. No, they can't. Playoffs? They, no, they, they really can't. But I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the Nationals. I mean, I'll talk Orioles the whole thing. If you want to do a, you want to do a big six podcast on the Orioles? I'm your guy. So I'll, I'll, I'll ride this wave as long as you want, brother. By the way, if you like the Orioles talk, or you want some like Baltimore centric chatter. 1057 the fan. There you go. I don't know what hours you do it. I know you and Kim. Two to six. Two to six. And Will, you could listen anywhere in the world on the radio.com app. Anywhere, anytime on the radio.com app. I was going to plug his intercom. The owner of the radio.com app is like sort of our stepmom or something. Or like stepsister, stepbrother. Really? I mean, intercom and CBS are sort of related, right? Yeah, yeah. Through the whole, uh, the national radio stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Stepbrother, you know, you wouldn't say sure. sister from another mother, brother from another, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Stepbrother. Um, so anyway, the Nationals open up against the Yankees, but that's not the team in Washington that everybody's talking about. Everyone is talking about the Washington 
uh, our skins. And you were one of uh, multiple Washington or people with inside knowledge of the Washington football organization. Like people, if you're mad at me for saying Redskins, I'm probably going to accidentally say it or like keep saying it. When they change the name, I'll, I'll stop completely. Like after a year, but it's going to be like San Diego Chargers. You have to give me a break. Right. Um, right. You're one of multiple people who are tweeting about Washington and the dysfunction and all the stuff. Um, have we heard the last? In, in ter- like, is have we heard all the new news that's coming out, or is the Post, the Washington Post, sitting on a couple more stories? Um, I, I don't. I, I really don't know. Um, you know where their reporting stands. I, I knew that they were very close to. Um, putting out a, a, a long read on the, the culture and climate in that building, particularly as it pertained to Me Too issues and, and issues of, of sexual harassment and um, a hostile workplace environment for women. Uh, you know, will there be more that comes from this? I, I don't know. You know, I think some of it will depend on um, the victims themselves and if, if, if more, you know, want to speak. Um, are allowed to speak, how, uh, you know, rigorous or how placid is this investigation that Dan Snyder is paying to have a law firm do for him? Um, does that provoke more people to come forward one way or the other? Do they have some real findings there? Are, you know, do they do what many would suggest is the right thing and allow these women out of their NDAs to speak freely? Um, so I think those are some of the variables, Will. Um, but, I, you know, I knew that, that a, a story like that was coming because I knew um, by Monday morning unequivocally that they had already let go of some people in various sides of the building because of this article and that they had let go of two personnel men that weekend specifically because of that article and that their longtime um, voice of the team, Larry Michael, was about to be um, – gone now he ended up quote unquote retiring so you know that's what i knew and that's why i sent out the one tweet i sent out and i don't i mean it's weird because that became like a whole thing and and a lot of people were pushing back on like well do you have the story don't you have the story or whatever i i mean i worked at the washington post i had tremendous respect for what they were doing i was not i didn't want to do anything that stepped on their toes i wasn't trying to steal anybody's thunder i didn't even say the post in the tweet i just said that you know, there's going to be an investigative um, expose of the Washington football team that um, delves into their uh, warped and toxic culture, and I left it at that. And the reason I, again, the only reason I sent that tweet was because I knew on background I couldn't publish everything I knew because of the ground rules of the conversations of I was having with people involved in it, but I knew that those two dudes who got let go on Sunday right before, you know, two weeks before camp was supposed to open, like two prominent people in their personnel department, like that's a direct result of this article that will be coming out sometime, the, you know, the following week. And then I, I guess it took, I was on vacation, it took on a life of its own, and, and there was a, a, you know, a whole sort of sub-story to that was like, should people be tweeting about a story that they're not writing? And if you don't have the story, don't write it. You know, I, I, I think that's a little bit naive because of the level of reporting that it was going to take to get there. You know what I mean? And the Post did a tremendous job on it. But it, it didn't start three days ago. That was months in the – you know, I had heard about that endeavor months ago. You know, yeah. it, 
so I, I don't know. I, I, that's sort of, it's, you know, kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. Like, oh, you're, you're setting expectations or you're stirring the pot. I don't think I, I mean, if you go back and look at the tweet I sent Monday morning, I, it's bang on. And I didn't say it's going to be in the post. And I didn't say it's coming out tomorrow. Or, and I didn't say it's going to destroy, you know what I mean? It's going to change the face of the NFL. And I didn't mention Dan Snyder's name in it. You know what I mean? I just said there's going to be a thorough investigation of the Washington football club that exposes a warped and toxic workplace environment again. Because I worked at the Washington Post for 10 years, and I was a part of multiple stories that weren't exactly like this one, but weren't all that different either. So this is not uh, something that happened in a vacuum either. Right. And I think that part of the problem is, you know, and, and Darren Ravel caught understandably a ton of heat for his tweet about, you know, he said like, oh, sorry, Washington fans. Well, that's it? Yeah, that's all? Yeah, Only yeah. 15 women having their lives wrecked by people they worked for and, and were, subs- you know, had to be subservient to in the workplace. That's it. That's all. Just right. 15 <laughs> over 10 years. Oh, nothing to see here. Dance, like, dance, good. It's like, and I, like, Darren, do you not, I mean, first of all, where's your moral compass? Second of all, read the room. But I, I would say, and like, I don't, I, I, I would say that like a little, <clears throat> excuse me, the underlying theme of his tweet, which is Dan Snyder won't get, won't be forced to sell the team is accurate though right i mean like i don't think and look, look this is horrible this story is horrible i don't think it got even the run it deserved and maybe the washington post should have just said bleep it and run it out on monday or whenever it was ready in, in the face of the redskins trying to change your name i almost wonder if they bumped it back i think to friday or thursday or friday um but yeah it's, it's, it's horrific like 15 different women Having said that, like I don't think Dan Snyder will be forced to sell the team unless there is something that directly implicates him. And to me, the Washington Post article, you know, did the opposite. It said that the women, while they probably blame the culture on him, and, and people do, and that is that's true. He's this, he's the he's the owner. That's his culture. Like you, you own the team. Um, I, I don't know that the NFL will feel compelled to force him to no. sell in the way no. that no. Uh, they did with Jerry Richardson. But, but that's also like moving the goalpost too. Like sure. I, I mean, I don't. The, the people who were kind of coming out of the woodwork and, and internet crazies, oh, there was like they didn't even know anything about the story. You know what I mean? It became like anybody can throw anything together, like anybody could throw anything out there. But there was a rumor that the that the, that the Redskins paid officials, like yeah, Redskins, right, what? two million dollars. I mean, there was so much crazy stuff out there that, there that it's like, oh, well, that's all there is. Well, if you're going to let internet crazies set, um sort of the, the bar bar for, for what's, what a bombshell is and what a bombshell isn't, then that's on you. But, like, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, it was a bizarre week. Well, the, um, you know, the, the Redskins, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree with this or not. Our skins. Our skins, excuse me. The Washington football team, excuse me, le- leaked out the news that they were going to change the team name on Monday as a entirely purposeful and probably unsuccessful uh, misdirection PR attempt at the Washington Post article that was coming out when you, you know, you kind of learn after the fact, if you want to do PR in that, in that regard, leak out a bunch of insane stuff. Like if the, like if the R skins leaked out all the, all the stuff that was floating, I mean, Adam Schefter tweeted, he asked somebody in Washington and he tweeted about this. If like, about the, like the internet rumor that was entirely started on like Twitter or Reddit or something that the, that the R skins paid officials. Right. 
Right. Like, he asked somebody, like, what? Like, of course they didn't pay officials. Right. Like, you're paying but a- that serves their purpose, doesn't it? That kind of does their bidding that now it's like, oh, well. But that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think there's a chance that the Arskins leaked all that stuff out? Like, hey, let's, like, this, this name thing. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard crazier things. I'll put it that way. I've heard crazier you know, things than that. I mean, like, that's, because that's the, I'm not going to make a comparison to anyone um, in a prominent position in our country, country, but and I'm not doing that, Jason. This is the, of course but not. It, we've been, it's been shown that if you go bonkers with your misdirection, yes. if you go over the top with your misdirection, yes. it can often uh, cover up and um, cause people to be less sensitive to an issue that is pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, and so in theory, if the Arskins wanted to go bonkers with their car, like their PR misdirection, leaking out the things that they, or sure. having the internet to claim the things that it, right. cl- getting that stuff out there on Reddit and then getting the, and, and, and getting it on people's radar. Sure. It's a, it's that would a, be a pretty good tactic. It's more, it would be morally reprehensible, but a, a pretty intelligent PR move. It would serve a purpose. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. I, I mean, that, that is fascinating because if, if, if that is even in the realm of plausibility, because I think that typically these NFL teams are too ham fisted to handle something like that. But maybe the R skins are different now. Well, I mean, I, I, I know at various times for a fact that the R skins have employed numerous outside crisis PR uh, firms to handle various uh, scandals that have come up over the last 20 years. So that wouldn't have to be an idea like that wouldn't have to be cooked up in house. Mm, okay. Uh, they did cook up the idea in house to hire Julie Donaldson from yeah. NBC sports why or NBC Washington or whatever they, whatever they call it. Uh, what, uh, that is a, she, as I understand it and correct me if I'm wrong, she's basically replacing Larry Michaels, who yes. was the content director. Yes. But, but she will not be calling. She'll be a part, it sounds like, of their radio broadcast. Well, it doesn't she won't be she'll definitely be a director. part of their radio broadcast on game day, during the game, pregame, and post. Uh, but she will not be the play-by-play person. Right. So she'll be hiring a play-by-play person. I mean, it's really cool. I like Julie a lot. I don't know her that well. We didn't overlap that much in the market when I was still at the post. But I obviously – don't live that far from Redskin. From, oh, I did it once, darn. From our Skins Park. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we have a lot of mutual friends, and I've, I, I, I get that channel because I live in the area, and I, I've seen her work, and she's a great reporter and a great host. Um, she's very well-liked. She, 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 I mean, her reputation is, uh, is, is, is pristine, and honestly, if I'm Dan Snyder and I can make a move like that, uh, I, I I would be falling over myself to do it. And I know Julie's done a few interviews to this point. We're going to talk to her tomorrow on Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan and on the Radio.com app. So I'll know a little bit more about it then. But from what I read and what she told The Athletic, like this was, you know, she, she had to be courted. And they had to give her a wide platform to help set the messaging and, and to be involved in the hiring 
and she's got a, a you know big time VP position, and she's basically the head of all their content. And she'll be hiring the play by play guys. She'll be putting the broadcast team together, and she'll be you know involved with all of their in house broadcasting that doesn't just stay in house, and it's not just on ourskins.com. It's on you know the the station she used to work for NBC Sports Network Washington, and it's on other regional sports networks. So it is a big time position. Um, and you know she's made it clear that I'm 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 not going to lose my voice and I'm going to advocate for the things I've always advocated for, and you know she hopes to be a harbinger of positive change in the culture in that building, um, and beyond. And it is never anything but staggering to me as we talk in 2020 and you celebrate 100 years of the NFL that this is the first time a woman has been in that position, and we're in the year 2020 and the Washington. Our skins don't have a team president as we speak. And I wrote as part of my column Wednesday, like there's never been an African-American team president in hundred years of the NFL, which is that's again, stag- like that's impossible, right? Like that's yeah. impossible, but it's true. Kevin Warren for a time sort of had a role like that for the Vikings, but it wasn't all encompassing. It was more on the business side than football. It didn't oversee everything. It wasn't a team president who was basically when the owner's not in the building, that guy's the owner or that gal's the owner. Um, that's never happened. That's the, this is another opportunity for Dan Snyder to, if he really does care and he really wants to reshape things and he really wants to go in a different direction, like if I'm Dan Snyder, I'm doing anything humanly possible to get an audience with Condoleezza Rice. Wow. Condi. Don't you think that would make a lot of sense? Like, yeah. newsflash, she's never going to coach the Cleveland Browns. Like, that was Pablum. But <laughs> she loves football. She has, you know, she grew up around the game. She knows D.C. in and out. Who would be more qualified for a position like that than Condoleezza Rice as the president of the Washington, whatever they're going to be called down the road? Like, you know, there's things that Dan Snyder could do. Uh, to actually affect change and to give people with a voice and, and people with a different background and, and people with a, a different skill set to actually take that organization over for him and be true stewards of the organization and allow him to really take a, a, a backseat. It's clear he's taken a backseat in football operations to Ron Rivera. You know, the business side is still being sorted out. Again, the Julie Donaldson move to kind of take over their, their messaging um, and their content and, and their in-house public broadcast and, and, and their game day broadcast and all that stuff I, I think is a great move. But there has to be another buffer there, I think, and, and someone who would bring a measure of gravitas and um, leadership and – I don't know. I, I, I just think what a time, right, for them to try to do something like that. And there's options abound. I think Sean Springs would be a guy who would be awesome for that job as huh? well. Ready? Uh, huh? How old is Sean Springs? Uh, I guess he's Sean, old. I guess I forgot. Sean's, my, Sean's my age, at least. I'm 46. He's got to be right around my age, maybe a little older. Um, How is Sean Springs 45? He, uh, I mean, if you look at what he's done with, with his company, Windpack, and, and what they've done um, to basically innovate, change, uh, become leaders in, in the helmet industry and, and all the, the, the federal contracts he has with the military to, you know, get his helmets to them and what he's doing in the football realm and the time he spent around Paul Allen in Seattle 
and the time he spent around Mike Holmgren and being a sponge and growing up at Tom Landry's knee, right, when his dad, Ron, was a star with the Cowboys. I mean, he's been in the game forever. He lives right there in the, uh, you know, in the Potomac Bethesda area. He played for the team. He was a star at Ohio State. He helped raise Dwayne Haskins. I mean, Haskins lived at his house in high school when he moved from Jersey to go down there. Um, and then eventually to Ohio State, where, where Springs played. He's universally respected. He knows the game inside out, and he, you know, he's got business acumen, and he's a football rat. He's a football nerd. Like, he can't get enough football. I mean, there's, there's ways for Dan Snyder to make real bold, smart, forward, progressive moves. We'll see what's, what's next to come. Yeah, I mean, I would say this about Julie Donaldson, too, and I, I, don't, I don't know her at all. Um, but I, I do think that the response by the Arskins and Dan Snyder to um, to letting Larry Michael retire is sort of cowardice. And I think mm-hmm. that, I think that the way that they there hand- was no team announcement, there was no team statement. I swear there was nothing. Or sent out what? a. Well, at, at any rate, like it was like all of a sudden the voice of the Redskins for twenty plus years just retired. It's not like he was. You know, yeah. 85. And they fired the two guys, the personnel guys, on a Saturday. Like, I thought that they handled the departures of all these guys with extreme cowardice. And that's not yes. surprising for an NFL team, especially the Arskins. But, I mean, actually going out and hiring a female to replace the sexist, misogynistic voice of the Arskins and, like, giving her a title with authority and control over the content like that is a that's a surprising move to me i don't it doesn't feel like lip service and no and in in the past and and julie said you know i i I, she's got a seat at the table when all the vps meet to talk about you know our skins matters like one of the people at the table is not going to look like everybody else you know what i mean like she has a legitimate vp title and all the powers that come with that and it's 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 sickening on one hand, that it took this to get there. But I, I, as someone who tries to be optimistic and hopes for change, at least for that, you know what I mean? Like, if those guys are there, then anybody can get there. Now, we all hope and pray it doesn't take a scandal of that magnitude to get them there, but they're there now. So where, where else do they go from here? What other corridors of that building do they go into and say, all right, here's the antiseptic. Here's how we really clean this up. Here are some different people with different voices and different backgrounds and different visions who can help us from ever going back to the dinosaur franchise that we've been. Yeah, it's uh, it's look, I hope I hope it's legitimate change and I hope that it continues because it's this is a franchise that has been just terrible. Uh, on the field and off the field for the past 20-plus years, apparently. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk NFL matters. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't really know what NFL Matters qualify, but uh, we do yeah. We hadn't talked to you in, when was the last, I don't know when the last time we talked to us. Probably been a month, I would say. Yeah. Feels like seven years in this pandemic world. How are you handling um, coping with losing a super friend? How, how, did, how did that, yeah. are you still grieving? Did that, were you ambushed by that decision? <laughs> did you learn of it via Twitter like myself? Or had he already let you in on the fact that um, his heart was pulling him in a different direction? That's a, that's a great question. So he, we get a text on a, I was doing a podcast, Debo. I, I can't remember what we were. Have you already, if you've already told this story and it's going to bore your listeners, you can tell me off air. But I, I don't know how much you've delved into this. I don't think so. No. So Sean, Sean obviously retired from the podcast and left CBSSports.com. Um, he, we were, I was finishing up a podcast. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I get a text. It's to me and Breach and Wilson from Sean, and he's like, he broke up with you via group text. No, no, he was like, do you have time to hop on a Skype call? Oh, okay. All right. I'll talk for a minute. We were like, so obviously we immediately go into our own text thread. And we're like, what the hell is that? Yeah, what does this mean? And so we had some guesses. It was like. What were some of the theories? Do you remember? Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Ryan was like, he has corona. Oh, God. <laughs> I said he's either getting engaged or he's leaving for the ringer. Uh, oh, and so Ryan was like, he got a job like writing about movies somewhere because he loves to write about movies. Yeah. And uh, and I think nobody nobody had law school pegged. Um, mm-hmm. But he had decided this uh, a while before Sean had decided this a while before he actually left. Okay. And, but <laughs> and I'm probably pulling back the curtain a bit too far here, but because <laughs> he's gone, um, you know the like the pandemic happened. So it's like you're not going to leave it, you know. You're not going to leave. Sure, it. I'm going to keep making money, and law school's not open now anyway. Totally. Hey, that's right. <laughs> what does Prisco say? Look, I. What's good for me? Rule is number good. one is what's good for me is good for me. Yeah. So I mean, I think yeah. Look, it was a bunch of uncertainty. You're not going to give up your health insurance in the middle of a pandemic. No. <laughs> and you're in your paying job. And, and he was still doing quality work, and and as far as you guys knew, he was a full throated, full throttled super friend for life because yeah. there was nothing in his work. That right. had you guys slacking it up, like, hey, I think Sean's got one foot out the door, right? You didn't, you didn't, you had no idea. Of course not. And ironically, um, the like the day, so we were we had to do a video show every day from four to five for like two months, maybe. It was, yeah, I can't remember how long it was. We were doing, you you were on the show with us, like leading up and through the draft. Oh and, yeah. Uh, right before when we were planning out the show. Like, all right, we're gonna do, it was going to be me, Breach, and Wilson. I was like, let's get Sean on. You know, let's get Sean some reps. Like, he, it's going to be yeah. good for his career. So instead of having two months to, like, lay about in a bit, like, like, just hang out and right. play video games, he had right. to do it, the show every day, even though he already knew he was leaving. Oh, he had to live with a secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, instead of coasting the final two months of, like, senior year in college and exactly. just partying, you yeah. signed him up for, like, advanced-level classes, and he got to just go along with it. Absolutely, he had to, he had to, he had to do like an AP NFL draft class. This final. So so then so bring me back to now. You're like you're you're talking to each other. Like what the hell could this be about? Before he actually calls you. So when he tells you, does everybody just like go slack jawed, like completely stunned? Uh, we sort. Of, I mean, it kind of felt we we were like, eh, he's probably not getting engaged. Like he just met this girl that he was dating that he is dating right before the pandemic. That would be pretty surprising. You know, like a basically a pandemic engagement. Um, so he was like, I'm going to law school. And we were like, 
we were shocked, but uh, congratulatory. And I guess right. not that shocked. And, you know, it, I, I, good for him. I, I was, I did make the point later that, like, dude, you didn't want to deal with reading the CBA and you want to go be a lawyer. May, are, you, are you sure? Because you're going to be reading a lot of thick content. Was that part of the reason he bailed? Is he was sick of having to talk about football minutia and not football? No, 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 no. I think he just, um, just sort of the, the gig kind of, you know, wore down on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, like, like blogging about NFL news nonstop for five years is. Right. And especially now in the last six months, there hasn't really been much news or four months, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. One could even say that over the last four years, it's, you know, there's been certain aspects injected into football that have made it less enjoyable to cover in theory. True facts. Awesome. So are you taking applications for another super friend? Are you auditioning? We are. I, I just got back from the beach. I was totally off the grid. Like, are you bringing in like no C? Are you bringing in like some of the extended sort of network and seeing if they can fill those shoes? What, what's the process? Uh, I'm are, sorry. I just hijacked your podcast, but yeah, this is fun. This is, this is perfectly. What are we going to talk about Patrick Mahomes' contract again? Like, no, I mean, honestly, like I, I got nothing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually more interested in this. All right. So we are currently going to stay at three. Uh, and I mean, really, like, even with the show, the podcast originally did not, the plan did not have Sean included, but when I, before Debo joined up and was instrumental in, like, instituting an actual plan for having right. on and, and scheduling and all that, um, I would, I would, you know, a lot of times during the off season, it would get to be, like, three o'clock. I would check in Slack to see who was working a shift. Who's there? Who's around? Yeah. Like, Sean, come on, buddy. And yep. we invited Sean at the last minute, and, 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 like he, like he was not part of the initial podcast plan with the Super Friends, but it, it became a great group. So I think we will stay with three and rotate different guys in throughout. I will say this. Uh, the number of non-CBS sports applicants, as in just random people who hit me up in my DMs and are like, I want – can I be the, ne- the fourth Super Friend? It, it was very surprising. People in the industry? No. Just, just list, like listeners. Listeners. So like I want to like I'm interested in being the fourth super friend. What can we do? You should have some sort of contest. You know how like like there's like dudes at WFAN who started as callers or or like Romy. Like there's a there's been like the, all these oral histories about like guys who started as callers for Rome who now like like JT the Brick. I had no idea he won the first smack off. Like is that right? You could do something like that where mm. you, you know what I mean, and you can have some fun with it. Like, you have people audition, you know what I mean, or send in, like, their takes or whatever, and then you guys kind of, or I would actually, you don't have to do it. That's what Debo's there for. Throw it on, throw, throw it on Debo's plate. He whittles it down, and then you guys have, like, a tournament. Oh, you bring them in for, like, a segment, and then you, like, kind of grade them, and then you see who moves, you decide who moves on until there's one guy or gal standing who becomes, like, the ancillary super friend, and, like, once a month they come on and get the riff of that stuff. Oh, Debo, um, hit your bike. Is that button. crazy talk? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like it, Debo. What do you think? I, I am a huge fan of that. I think there's some logistics. You know, we don't want to pass over guys that have. <laughs> there, there's some guys that have been working hard in this industry, like Pete Prisco. So we want to give him a fair chance. Oh no, I, I would never want to take anything off Prisco's plate. The more you, the more you uh, disco Prisco all all day, all night. I, I, I I'm with you there. But I think you could carve out. Even if it's one emergency pot a month that includes the super friend, a truncated one if need be, depending on his or her prowess. But I think, it, you know, I don't know. Could be interesting. Could help, could get the numbers up. 
I don't know. Not that you need the numbers up. I know you guys are crushing it. But I'm just saying. Especially if, heaven forbid, I don't know, right around October 15th, there's no more football again. Wait, wait, okay, hold on. Let's, uh, we, we had promised the listeners that, because I got a little, people have been complaining about my, um, my rant, my Corona rants, uh, before, leading, starting the podcast. And I'm like, listen, man, last July, or last June and July, I was like, well, these guys just talks about movies. It's like, it's the off season. Yeah. There's nobody in the entire world that should be doing a daily NFL podcast, especially during a pandemic. In the off season, and we're still doing it. So you're gonna have to forgive for a 30 day stretch, some nonsense. Okay, like that's just gonna happen. And right now we are in a pandemic, and the the NFL is trying to figure out how to play football, and all the ramifications that come with that. And if you want, if you really want, you know, to dive into that on a deep level, you can go listen to yesterday's show with uh, Jonathan Jones. I'm curious, DLC. You said October 15th. Why? Are that you- totally ran. I, I just okay. I just, just I don't know how long this machine can roll on. That that's all. Just for me, there is no. You know what I mean? There's not a bubble. Um, right. Each you of these states the are in different degrees of malaise and 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 sorrow and and I, there aren't enough beds. There aren't enough tests in some places, including states where they play NFL football. And it takes a, the, the magnitude, the scale of people power that it takes to get through a single NFL practice is just on a scale to which, you know, MLS and the NBA and premier lacrosse league, like they, some of these, like, I mean, the hockey bubble was 50 people, right? That's each team total. And they're in a bubble and it's only 50 per organization. This is no bubble. This ain't in Canada. It's in the U S including multiple teams in Texas and a team in Arizona and multiple teams in Florida and a team in Georgia where things are absolutely I was told um, scary to beyond belief, right? Georgia was fine. By, uh, by... No, I just spent a week with my brother-in-law and his family who drove up from Athens, Georgia. Georgia is not fine. Georgia, the, the mayor of certain cities are at war with the governor over how to handle this thing. It is definitely not fine. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I was being sarcastic. I I think that. Oh, and that's what's going on in Phoenix, in Dallas, in Houston, in Miami, in Tampa, in Atlanta, Jacksonville. I don't see how down the street we're going to have 250 people congregating with masks on, getting tests done that are getting results in 18 to 24 hours that are at the head of the line for everything that are being fed that are being taken like. And, and that are being allowed to congregate like that in a COVID hotspot just because, well, they're practicing football, and that's super, super important. I, I'm just not sure that's going to carry the day. That That is a point that I think, and Jay, Jonathan Jones sort of hinted at this, I think, a little bit um, with what he's, with his claim yesterday that, and I actually agree with him, he is, he is 100% sure that, um, that the NFL will start. And he's 95% yeah. sure that the NFL will start on September 10th. And I tend to agree with him. I think the bigger concern is that because you can go bubble during training camp. You know, you can you can isolate your guys during training camp. And, I mean, heck, like most – But they're not really doing that. There's not a central hotel. They're not really quarantining right, but I'm saying, like, or anything like, like that. 
like during training camp, you typically like you you know like in the Steelers. Right, the days are so long, and you're so worn out, and you're just sleeping in between meetings or whatever. Right. I mean, dudes aren't out partying. The right. problem is when you when you go into a you know, like you said, it's not the NBA. You're not going down to Disney World and putting X number of players in a bubble and playing you know twenty games per team over a three month stretch. You are traveling all around the country. And having a large number of people, not just the football players and the coaches, but uh, all the trainers and all the people that come along. I mean, the you know, when you start doing, it's not a Venn diagram, but when you start to sort of create the, um, like my parents call it, my parents, I can't even see my parents because my, you know, they're they're in their seventies. Yeah. Uh, and they just actually, my mom's sixty nine. My dad just turned seventy. Uh, but um, happy know, birthday. Oh, yeah, it was in June, but still, yeah. Um, it, it's like they're like, look, man, you know, we don't we don't know what your bubble is because you know we 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 have a six year old and we do, you know, we right. are we we have to do stuff like we yeah. we, are, we are not just at home twenty four seven. Right, you're not in your basement bunkered down living on you know canned food. Yeah, and we were for a while, but like I understand their their stance there. I get it because not only it's not just the three of us coming to see them. Right, it's all the people you've interacted with. Exactly. So if we're talking about NFL teams, you are taking a huge number of people, and then each of them have a circle that they're going to interact with throughout the They're not living at the facility. That's the concern. I mean, it's certainly part of it. The the narrative that I hope doesn't evolve, though, if this doesn't work, oh, well, the players just didn't want it enough. Like, I I mean, I just think that's that's convenient, but – you're not unless we'll see. They're, they're going to do contact tracing. We'll see again the efficacy of their contact tracing and, and the equipment they're using for that, and the efficacy of these take these tests that now they're promising are turned around in eighteen to twenty four hours. Like that's going to be a big part of it, and it could have been somebody in the marketing department. It could, you know what I mean? Like it could. It's not just because people get it doesn't mean that oh a player brought it into the right. building, and so many people have it and and don't know and. I mean, it just might not be feasible. Like, it just might not work. And it's nobody's fault, per se. It's the reality we're living in. You know? I mean, kids can't go to school. (coughs) Kids are losing their their final chance to audition for colleges, right? Whether it's in the arts or whether it's playing football or whether it's, you know, school recitals and I'm trying to get this scholarship. Like, all that's being wiped out. You just might not be able to play NFL football. You know, 32 teams spread throughout a country that has handled this in a way that, you know, is, is, is absolutely blown away by Rwanda. You know what I mean? Like, if you wanted to create a list of the countries that have handled this better than the U.S., I don't know where you stop. It's a long list. So that's the reality that all these sports leagues are in. America, and, America is 32 on Pete Prisco's uh, pandemic power rankings. Yeah, exactly. So that's the larger issue at play. And no sports league is going to be able to turn that tide, no matter how many people they test and no matter all their great plans. You've got communities that are being still ravaged by this. And and that's. And and your point, too, like the NFL is like, we're doing daily tests. We're spending $250 million on tests. Well, again, if people, if everyday Americans can't get tests in the middle of October, and and the pandemic is still rolling along, and NFL players are testing every day. It, the optics of that are 
uh, suboptimal to say the least. What um, is that? Now, I, I, I probably should have asked this before, but I'm curious, like, is your sense of what might happen, the concerns with what might happen uh, to the league? I mean, like, do you agree that it's that football will start? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is this? Absolutely. No, is- I, my, my contention all along is there's too much money at stake. There is too, 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 like, the players really want to play. You've got super highly competitive elite of elite athletes, and you've got billionaires who are going to get $300 million just from TV contracts alone if they play these games. The combination of that, um, if these other leagues got, got off the ground, damn it, so are we. But yeah. it's the keeping, you know, like – can, can they keep the machine rolling, given all the humanity, all the humans, not just football players, but trainers, coaches, the dudes who cut the grass, the dudes who draw the lines, the dudes who scrub the helmets, the dudes who disinfect everything, the, the people who help provide two or three meals a day, who cook it, who clean it, who clean that stuff up, all the cleaning staff, you know, the, the, the personnel guys, the GMs, the, the, the guys who tape everybody up, like, are you going to be able to keep that machine rolling if the country is still battling this thing in the trenches the way it is now? Um, and what, I, I just don't know. What is the sense you get speaking to people around the league? Like, I, maybe maybe your opinion is shaped by that, or I guess do do, you, do people around the league echo your sense of concern about how much football will be played versus when? Yeah. Played. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I talked to somebody this morning who's like, dude, these tests, they just kind of, it's not the deep swab. It's like barely the front of your nose. Mm. Like I get tested at noon on Monday and they're telling me I'm going to have the, all the results in a hundred percent clarity by noon the next day. Like, is that real? You know what I mean? Like does that even really like, that's what we're doing here. But like, is that like, the science is there. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like there's not going to be a whole bunch of false this or false that. I mean, there's trepidation about, about all this. I talked to somebody on another team who was like, I really don't think it's smart to be bringing all our rookies in here. Like, maybe we should just test them and then go back to some Zoom stuff. stuff. Mm. I, I'm, there's guys who think that we'll get through six weeks maybe, and then they'll pick it up in the spring. Um, I talked oh. to one GM who's like, I don't think we're going to be on the field uh, with these guys until the middle of August, and I, I think we'll start on time, but I don't, I, you know, I don't see how we get past you know, 12 weeks. And I think we'll just play a 12, you know, maybe by then. You know, we just we, we peel back, you know, week week one and two and week fourteen or you know, fifteen and sixteen go away and we play a twelve you know, we play a twelve game schedule. Um but nobody <coughs> excuse me, no nobody nobody, nobody knows. knows. Right. And I mean there has to be I mean the reality is when you're approaching this as a GM or a personnel guy or even a head coach, you know, you can say, All right, we're focusing on football but I mean there are I mean, baseball is about to play a 60-game season that starts on July 23rd, today. And we'll be 75% done before the NFL kicks off if the NFL kicks off on time. That's a good point, too. I mean, I, my point is just that, like, nothing is normal anymore. And I'm not saying no, it'll be and, forever. And that's the real nexus point for me. At, at some point, I don't think this country is going to get fixed in the next six weeks. So <laughs> if, if, if we accept that this is where we are with this and that – mayors will still be fighting governors and governors will still be fighting the federal government and that this is still going to be a problem in, you know, mid, you know, mid to late uh, August going into September. 
The NFL's response to everything to this point has been, we got it, we got this, we got this. I, I do think there will be a point. If, 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 and I've already said, like, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback this. Like, if this doesn't happen, it's because it just couldn't happen. Right. But I, the one area I will look at is if, if, if the people I talk to I think are smart, rational, common-sense guys, if they're all telling me we should just do six-game season or an eight-game season or a ten-game season right now, you know what I mean? Like, now's the point to change this and accept reality – and the league plows through with 16 and gets through six or eight, you know what I mean? And then now there's this complete, oh, well, what do we do next? We'll suspend it to the spring. Do we pick up and play eight in the spring and call it one season? I do think there might be a case to be made for, well, well you had a chance. You know what I mean? Like you had a chance to re-ratchet things the way these other leagues did. And you had a chance to do that before it started. You didn't have to react in the middle like the NFL or the NBA. You had a chance to do it like MLB before it really started. You know what I mean? And, 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 and everybody else bowed to this greater reality, which is this thing is a monster, and until there's a vaccine, we're in trouble. You know what I mean? If you just plowed through, then I think that's where some people might be writing and talking and saying things like, you know, the hubris went a little too far. Like, okay. you know what I mean? You can't just keep sending out press releases that say, that's the date we picked, and that's how it's going to go. And the schedule came out in, you know what I mean, May, so that's the schedule. At some point, I just find it hard to believe the NFL isn't going to have that sort of come-to-COVID moment where everybody's in a room and it's like, we're, really, we're going to be able to do this for four months straight, uninterrupted, and then another six weeks for playoffs. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, you could go right now, and I'm not saying this is what they should do, but, you know, this is the hindsight I mean, we're talking about it now. So this is where the hindsight comes into play. You say, listen, we are going to scrap everything but divisional games in the playoffs. And we are going to space these games out. And this is not – the NFL will never do this because the NFL likes money and television and attention too much. But we're going to space these games out and put two weeks in between them. You know, like – or spread them out the way that – you know, however you, however you do it, you can figure out a way to do it with the scheduling. But – so maybe, you know, there's a couple of games each week. But the idea being if somebody – if a, you know, if – uh, if the Indianapolis Colts and Philip Rivers, you know, one of Philip Rivers' nine kids, you know, brings home Corona or whatever, and Rivers gets it, and then Quentin Nelson gets it, and they can't play. I mean, like, what, you know, how do you, how do you, you can't, like, as a team with no quarterback and no offensive line going out there and playing football, and, you know, you need, you need some windows with which to maneuver the schedule when eventually, and it will happen, some team, has a corona outbreak that forces it to to pull some players off the field for extended stretches of the regular season. Yeah, and I mean some of it you can account for and some of it you can't and and God knows this thing is, you know, thrown curveball after curveball. Um, <laughs> but I, I I have yet to talk to anybody who thinks it's really going to be feasible to play football nonstop from the second week of September till the second week of February. That's, that is a, it is a tough ask. All right. Uh, we will, uh, we will bring you back on some point in the near future because there will be football to talk about, we hope. And, uh, and also probably more league issues to bandy about. JLC, always a pleasure, buddy. Pleasure's all mine. Let me know if you go forward with the, uh, on a sad note. Yeah. Let, let me know if you do uh, audition Super Friends. Uh, I will. And, from uh, your vast listenership. Well, we will We will probably bring you in to help judge. Maybe I could be one of the judges. 
Exactly. Like we'll bring in a blue ribbon panel. What I what was ideal is we can, if we can like convince Pete Prisco to submit some kind of video that's an application that he doesn't know is an application. Ooh, and then he is pulled. How could we do that? that exactly. Let's, let's let's think about it because then he's pulled with a bunch of fans. Could we can could we like convince him that like somebody like somebody I don't know Cameo wants you to join, mm-hmm. but. You know what I mean? But you got to do like an audition tape. He would and here's a copy. He would something like that. Or he has to come with his own copy. I, I don't know. Could that be a way to reel him in? Yes. But I would guess that he would sniff this out. Pete has, Pete has threatened uh, at, at least 400 times in the past three months to never appear, quote, to quote, never appear on your dumb podcast again, end quote. Um, oh, but, he's threatened to withhold services indefinitely. Yeah. So what were what He was, plays so, that card. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, what we're talking about, Debo's discussed a firing Pete from the podcast before he can actually leave. So I we would fly- love to see that press release. Yeah. So, oh my God, Debo, can we send out a press release? We can do anything. Our, com- <laughs> our comment on the Pete Prisco matter. You guys have complete autonomy. Pete is no longer welcome on the Pixie. Like, publicly oh. fire him. Shame him. And make a big deal out of it. And because, like, he, he would he would come on. Like, we're, you know, Pete and I are very good friends. He would he yeah. would definitely come on. Um, Even if you fired him, I, you'd be able to mend fences. I think so. He, you know, he blocked me on Twitter, right? For real? He blocked me and Costas on Twitter for like three days because <laughs> we were doing this long fantasy football draft and telling everybody we knew to tag him in all of our picks. Just so he's getting blown up. <laughs> he was getting every, every time the selection was fixed. My third round pick in the Scott Fishbowl. I took Zach Ertz at Prisket CBS. And so he blocked me and Nick and, um, and then like didn't tell us that he, he, you know, he didn't tell us that he unblocked us, but he, you know, when you block somebody, you, they unfollow you and you unfollow them. So I had to like, I had to, I had to, I was like, Pete, you're going to follow me back. He's like, we talked about Remember when I couldn't, like, get any back and forth with Prisco, like, at the Super Bowl and the Combine and stuff? It turns out I had – I don't even know how to block somebody on my phone. Like, I don't know the process to, to actually do it. Actually block I had blocked – like, he he was, like, finally through a whole nother – I don't you know, we've already gone long enough. Through a whole nother circumstance, I came to find out that I had blocked my partner on the radio show. He's like, dude, I don't think you're getting my text. Like, he called me. I'm like, what are you talking about? So he walked me through finding out if he was blocked or not. And when I discovered that I had blocked Ken Wyman, the other number that was in there was Prisco. Oh, you blocked him? So, so I brought him on air and had a whole mea culpa because, like, I was like, no, you old idiot. Like, you did something to me. But it turned out that, yeah, he was blocked in my phone for, like, four months, and I had no idea. <laughs> That's amazing. I got a few people I need to block in my phone. Maybe I'll dive into that. Yeah, but I don't even know how to do it. Like, if I wanted to block someone, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't even know the process to do it. But somehow I'd inadvertently blocked two people. So anyway. Yeah, it probably happened while you were texting me. You hit the wrong button or something. Like yeah, that. there must be like exactly. It must be really easy to do. Um, but anyhow, block somebody. It's not Pete, um, or maybe it is Pete. Anyway, uh, yeah, we will bring you on to judge. Thank you as always for the time, Kel Copper. We said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. Be good, guys. Thank you.